I'm Alan Hall, president of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, and I'm here with the founder and CEO of Intelstore, Phil Dataro, and the chief commercial officer of WeatherGuard, Joel Saxon. And this is your newsflash. Newsflash is brought to you by our friends at Intelstore. If you need actionable information about renewable projects or technologies, check out Intelstore at intelstore.com. Iridrola closed the sale of 55% of its Mexican business for around $6.2 billion to a trust led by Mexico Infrastructure Partners. The deal includes 13 power plants with 8.5 gigawatt capacity that are mostly gas plants contracted to Mexico's CFE utility. Iberdrola retains 15 plants in Mexico and its renewable energy project pipeline to keep growing wind and solar assets there. Joel, Iberdrola is banking it right now. What's happening? Well, I think that there's a lot of development that is going to be going on in Mexico here to watch in the future as well. So the, the, the president is going to be swapped over here pretty soon. This is the things that I've been watching and hearing and listening. Um, so the new president is actually very fond of renewable energy. Um, however, it is a, you know, you're, you got to keep Pemex happy. You got to keep everybody happy in the oil and gas business in Mexico is very big, but there is going to be more investment there. So interesting that, um, you know, Iberdrola is selling those assets. I don't, don't know if their plans are to reinvest all of that capital back in Mexico, uh, but they are keeping their pipeline going. So I would expect to see some of that happen as well. Ibadrol has been not only banking in Mexico, but they've also been raising a lot of cash um, and capital in other markets. They've been heavily looking into um, some of the emerging markets for offshore investments. Um, obviously, Mexico's you know, offshore market is <laughs> non-existent at this point and, and probably isn't going to, because uh, isn't going to turn into one. Um, however, yeah, I, the, the Mexican market, Joel, you're right, right. It's been um, particularly bad, actually, under the current president. And everybody's just kind of counting down the days uh, until, um, you know, I, there have been study after study that's just been recently released about like how, um, renewables has been completely trashed, um, in that market. But, uh, I think Ibadrola's move is a good one. And I think them holding on to that cash to potentially redeploy in, um, project development in Mexico will be a good idea. Mexico is a bit of a tough market because there's, you know, some, um, uh, uh, folks in in certain areas that uh, don't really they didn't get a good feeling from some of the project developers that were there previously um, but it is a market that does need to decarbonize um, quite a bit and you know Ibadrola is obviously going to be able to to get in there and and uh, do a lot with the pipeline that they have Ibadrola reported a 10 percent increase in 2023 net profits to 4.8 billion euros. They set a new investment record in 23 also of 11.4 billion euros uh, with grid and offshore wind as the main drivers. Over 5 billion euros was invested in renewables like offshore wind farms now operating in France and the United States. Ibadrola plans a 2024 investment record of 12 billion euros, including two gigawatts of new onshore renewables. So Phil, Iberdrola is taking those profits and reinvesting them in some smart areas. They've got a significant pipeline in not only the United States for offshore wind, but their onshore wind uh, asset portfolio in the United States is probably going to start coming up for repowering here in about um, five to seven years. 
So having this much capital at their disposal is going to be a good thing for them because they're going to have an opportunity. They've been kind of the reason they haven't repowered after 10 years is because they've been riding out some very um, high priced power purchase contracts uh, to the end of the 20 years of the PPA and the end of the 20 year asset life that they have. So they are going to be repowering a lot of projects and they're they're going to need capital to to deploy to be able to do that. Um, but they've got a rather substantial amount that uh, is in that that queue at this point. So one of the things I want to touch on here with Iberdrola is when we talk Iberdrola, everybody sees Iberdrola, yes. But we need to make sure that you also understand that Iberdrola is a bunch of companies. Iberdrola, Spain, Scottish Power, which is doing a lot of offshore things as well. Avon Grid, which operates in the United States and, and uh, other places in North America. Neo Energia, which is a Brazilian company. That's their Brazilian kind of arm. Then you have Iberdrola Mexico and Iberdrola Energia International. So when we say Iberdrola, we're not just talking about things branded Iberdrola. Look at all the brands that have the nice three little green leaves on them or green leaf, blue leaf, orange leaf. Those are all the Iberdrola family. And that's the money we're talking about here. NG North America completed a $1 billion tax equity financing deal to fund recently built renewable energy projects in the United States. The portfolio consists of six projects totaling 950 megawatts of solar capacity and 353 megawatts of wind power across ERCOT, MISO, and the SPP grids. Uh, the 1.3 gigawatt portfolio represents one of Engie's largest U.S. tax equity financing arrangements. Engie uh, says this shows that their strong track record of developing, building, and operating renewable assets in North America is why they can do these tax equity deals, Phil. They're, they're, everybody is looking to do tax equity deals because it's such a huge fundraiser right now. It raises a ton of cash. Yeah, and since the we now have consistency in the production tax credit through the IRA bill, you know everybody's getting back on the bandwagon. Plus, the fact that we have that consistency out to 2033, where you're going to theoretically have an opportunity to repower under the same tax regime today that gives you an opportunity to to get some certainty on the investments you're going to make. So um, expect, I mean, we, we even projected it's going to be about 11.3 gigawatts this year uh, at a minimum in onshore wind for the U.S. So, you know, we're, we're going to be cooking, almost doubling what we put in the ground last year. So, so speaking about these tax equity financing deals, uh, this is a specifically complex finance vehicle used to fund these things. So the majority of people that play in that market are your big, big banks, your JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo's and things like that. Um, however, because more people are looking to get, use that financing vehicle to fund things, you're going to start seeing some more players enter that market. Now, the majority of our listeners, that's kind of outside of the normal realm that we deal with. Um, but if you're interested in it, uh, we did talk with David Burton from Norton Rose Fulbright about some of these uh, these finance vehicles. And if you're interested about learning on them, uh, scroll back through some of our YouTube channel, find that episode, take a listen, uh, and maybe reach out to him. Renewables investment firm Aquila European Renewables has started talks regarding a potential merger. This comes after UK firm Octopus Renewable Infrastructure Trust proposed combining with Aquila in December. Akila says they've received interest from multiple parties and have begun mutual due diligence. So as soon as Octopus Renewables uh, talked about merging with Akila, 
Phil, uh, Aquila got a lot of suitors very quickly. This is starting to make sense. These, these assets are worth a lot of money right now and are very valuable from an investment standpoint. Aquila's got a portfolio in Europe that is actually highly attractive, which is why they're kind of, um, you know, putting the feelers out to a lot of other potential partners. It's also, you know, a negotiating tactic to, you know, even if they want to go with the um, Octopus uh, Trust, they they can, you know, use this as negotiating leverage to to get a better price. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, Aquila's very studiously kind of made specific investments throughout Germany um, and the Scandinavian countries um, to uh, build out a portfolio, mostly wind, a little bit of solar. Um, and I think they've also been looking at some battery storage uh, investments as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good buy. Um, and... I, you know, interestingly, I think a combination with Octopus would be good for both of them, uh, because Octopus is definitely uh, on the on the bandwagon of let's invest in, you know, companies that have already made early moves in decarbonization. They're doing a lot of things. They have a lot of initiatives. So, you know, that's uh, I think that's a, a healthy thing. Looking at this from a. Uh... A macro level as well. It is in line with what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Larry Fink and BlackRock saying, hey, these are the next big investments instead of, you know, they're looking at large capitals looking at energy investments, right? And energy used to mean oil and gas investments. Now it means infrastructure investments. And that's what the market is really starting to change to in that large capital space. So uh, you see something like this tying up together, Octus Renewal and, and, and Aquila. That's a play Great. Fantastic. They call it whatever you want. Octopus Aquila in two to five years, they'll be for sale again. That's what I would say. But that's this is the trend that you're starting to see uh, large capital piling up infrastructure. 